friends, welcome back to Olympia Oddities. I'm super excited because today I have a really, really exciting <laughs> announcement. Uh, we officially have a co-host. Hi. This is Steven. That's my name. Uh, we couldn't really think of how to do a non-awkward introduction, so we decided that I'm just going to, like, we're going to do, like, a speed round. Where I'm going to ask him five questions off the top of my dome that kind of relate to the podcast lightning and you guys are just gonna get to know him that way i think you guys are gonna like him um yeah let's get into right, let's it this lightning round i'm in all right number one who do you think killed john benet ramsey oh shit dude see <sighs> That's a tough one because I have the. I, I don't. I. 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 I don't know. It could it's be anywhere from the round. brother. I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> but this is this is a big question. Like this could be this. Okay, because I recently found that like some weird like news video or whatever that was like confession note from man in prison claims that he did it and like there's also like plenty of evidence to be like you could have been a third party but at the same time i'm like yo that brother's sus that's honestly like my exact feelings on it because <laughs> i really do i bounce back and forth between burke definitely did that sometimes i go john the dad john 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 did it um and then sometimes i'm full-on like intruder did it but i don't know it changes every five minutes um, number two. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Yo, my homie's real. I want to believe. My man, my man is real, but I don't think that he is an eight to nine foot tall hairy monster. I think he is an eight to nine foot tall blurry monster, and the footage that is taken of him is real. It's just, it's just a nine foot tall blurry monster and that is far more terrifying than just a regular non-blurry monster that is nine to yeah the like interdimensional time traveling bigfoot he's just always blurry and that's why yeah he's just lagging that's one of my favorite bigfoot theories we're gonna be covering a bigfoot related topic soon so get ready for that one uh number three who do you think would win in a fight me or jody arius <laughs> you hell yeah i'm coming through that doggy door (laughs) okay number four have you ever seen a ghost (laughs) yes actually um but i was also on adhd medication at the time so the jury's kind of out on that but i swear so at least a half body apparition and i'm talking like probably rib cage up adderall ghost yeah no i wasn't on adderall i was on stratera ghost stratera ghost dibs on the band name <laughs> uh what am i on was that four or five that was four uh five do you have a true crime case or like something weird in history that you just really like that I just like? Yeah, like uh, you're just, like, into, like, one of those weird things that you're just, like... I mean, I think you know. And, I mean, like, I don't know. We we, we kind of vibed on this when we first met. 
because I, I was just like right out of nowhere. I was like, yo, you know that 1996 shit from New York with Michael Alec and them club kids? And then your eyes just got real bright. And I was just like, yeah, I know all about that. I've just always been like uncomfortably obsessed with that. Yes, you're the only straight man who knows who James St. James is. <laughs> and that's why I'm dating you and doing this podcast with you. <laughs> All right. So I've been wanting to do deeper dives on episodes. And now I think we're going to get to do that along with like, you know, we'll be able to bounce our theories off of each other and kind of like do more of our own thoughts. So today's episode does have a content warning. Since we're going to be discussing the disappearance of a toddler If cases involving children aren't something that you want to hear about, feel free to skip this one and we'll catch you again next time. So today, we're going to be telling you about the disappearance of Dior Coons, a toddler who went missing from a campground in Idaho while on a family camping trip. Alright, so Dior Coons was just two years old when he disappeared from the Timber Creek campground in Lehigh County. His family called him Little Man, and Jessica said in Little Man Lost, a five-part series on YouTube by KTVB that we used as one of our sources, that Dior was always making people laugh. She said that she was with him every second of every day and that he was her best friend. Dior loved camping, the outdoors, and loved exploring. Uh, In a 2019 interview with East Idaho News, Trina Clegg, Clegg? Yeah, I think that's clear. I'm really hyper focusing in on Look that egg, on that egg in that name because of Winlock. I, all I see one is of egg. The trains, if you can hear that, I don't think you can though. So, all right, Trina Clegg. Trains and everything. Uh, Trina Clegg is Dior's grandmother. She said that she remembered him being so excited about the trip, um, and was helping them clean out the camper beforehand, and was jumping around on the cushions. Real quick, do you think do you think that if she were to come to Winlock, she would automatically be the Winlock Egg Queen? Just just strictly by the last name. Miss Clegg, our Egg Queen. Miss Clegg, our Egg Queen. It sounds right. It flows. I think that works. Uh, those present on the camping trip and during the time of Dior's disappearance were his mother, Jessica Mitchell, his father, Vernal Dior Coons. Um, they sometimes call him Dior, but during this episode, we're just going to call him Vernal to try to make it less confusing. This is already a confusing case, but we're going to do our best to try to make it understandable. Talk about a tangled web. This is, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So we'll be sure to point out when we're talking about the dad and not the kid. Also present were Jessica's grandpa, Robert Walton, a.k.a. Bob. That's what we're going to call him. And Dior's great-grandpa, oh wait, no, who was Dior's great-grandpa, and then the grandpa's friend, Isaac Rainwald. So, Isaac was the only person present who wasn't a member of the family, and he had lived in the same neighborhood as Bob for about five years. Bob had hired him to do some weeding in his garden, and they became friends afterwards. They do have a considerable age difference between them, it's kind of weird, Bob was 76 at the time of Dior's disappearance, and Isaac is probably in his mid to late 30s. Which is like, I don't know, I'm like friends with my boss, the lady that I work for, and she's like in her 60s and I'm in my 20s. 
Sometimes it'd be like that. Th- sometimes it do be like that, but I'm I j- I don't know. That's 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 a little strange. It is a little weird. I'll admit that it is a little weird. It's like like what 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 like friends are they like are they are they like going to the the Gap and like picking at each other's pants? They're fishing. Yeah, they're fishing. I know that they're fishing. We'll get into like more of that later. Um, some people do think that Isaac has some type of like learning or developmental disability, but I couldn't find any information about this or like a diagnosis of anything that he had. So, and I mean, even going based off of like just just social cues from that video that we watched of him, yeah, I couldn't really. I mean, maybe, but I couldn't really. Really yeah, it wasn't that, like yeah. if there is something, it's not like obvious. Obvi- yeah. Like he seems like he's like functioning out in the world just fine. Um, the family and Isaac are all from Idaho Falls. So, Dior J. Coons Jr. was born on December thirtieth, twenty twelve, and his parents weren't married, but they were engaged. Jessica had been working as a caretaker for her grandpa, Bob, for the first six months of 2015. It's not really clear if this was an official job uh, position or something that was paid under the table. Um, Jessica seemed to have a tough time keeping jobs up until this point, but this arrangement seemed to be working out well so far. Bob wasn't in great health at the time of the camping trip, and he was on oxygen 24-7 and carried his tank with him everywhere he went. Alright, so we're going to get into the timeline of the camping trip now. And just a disclaimer, because it does get confusing, mainly because none of the family's stories really match up at the end. What I wanted to do for you guys was read um, everyone's police statements. I, well, not everyone's, but um, Jessica and I think Isaac's are have been released to the public. I know that because I've heard them on other podcasts. I went out there and I like looked so hard. I scoured the internet and all I could find was one page from Jessica's. So unfortunately, we weren't able to do that. But this just is like the timeline that I was able to piece together. Just like Squatch Fest, getting too close to the truth. Getting too close to the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Vernal said in a Newsline special that the family had decided to go camping that Thursday afternoon, which was July 9th, 2015. Vernal got off work at 5, and around 6, the family had gotten into their truck and met up with Bob and Isaac. Bob was driving his SUV, which was hauling a camping trailer. They drove their two vehicles 116 miles to a small town called Lador. In Lador, they stopped for diesel and tried to stop at a restaurant called the Silver Dollar, but it was closed. They stopped at a convenience store so they could grab some food there. When they finally arrived at the campground, it, which was about an hour oh two hour and 20 minute trip from where they lived it was almost dark out this was around 9 30 at night jessica vernal and dior all slept in the truck isaac slept in his own tent and bob slept inside the camper they set up their camp for the night and went to sleep jessica says when she woke up the next morning she cooked breakfast and later realized that her period started and she didn't have any tampons she told Vernal that they would need to take a trip into town for her to get some. All right, I've got my first issue with this. <laughs> what? Okay, what is the issue? I might just be like an anxiety-filled I feel panic like I know packer. Where this is going, though. Yeah. But if you're going camping in like 
a rural part of Idaho. Especially one that's two hours and how how long? Two hours and where was well, it? Well, later we'll get into how minutes. far away the closest town was with like a store where they could buy stuff. And I think it was like 40-ish minutes. Yeah. So like if you forget anything on that trip, it's a substantial thing. Oh, absolutely. And it's like they're lightweight. They're not going to go bad. Why wouldn't you just bring them with you? You're not going to bring tampons or pads or anything with you camping? Seriously. I immediately am suspicious. Yeah, no, that's totally... And and also, how are you that, like, out of tune with... I mean, this may sound weird coming from a man, but how are you that out of tune with your body that you don't know, like, when... When your cycle is, bro. That's a good point, because most people would know, you know, people who, like, have periods would know (laughs) when it's coming, because most people track them, and you'd be prepared. And I feel like even if you weren't, just chuck a couple, you don't have have your purse with you, you don't have emergency backup, you know, that's, I don't know. I was about to say, most most women that I've known, yeah, they they have at least, like, one as an emergency. I'm very bad at being a woman. (laughs) <laughs> and 90% of the time when I need one, I have one. <laughs> All right. Uh Okay. Oh, I went up. Sorry. Oh, We're here. Sorry. <laughs> no, once they to- once they got to town about 20 minutes later. Okay, it was 20 minutes later. So they're out there but not like super out there, but that's still inconvenient when you're camping. You don't want to be making but trips back into town far all enough. the time. Yeah, it's far enough. That's like me leaving work. Okay. Uh, not clocked out, and then realizing I gotta turn around to clock. But uh, and you know my my drive now. I know that's ridiculous. So this this is no. Yeah, red flag number one. Once they got to town, about twenty minutes later, Vernal made three stops before getting to a store that stole tampons. We're gonna stop. Wait, he said that his priority was getting diesel fuel for his truck. Okay, we're going to stop again right there. Hey, I know you're having your period right now, but I got to make a few stops. Is that okay? Just stick, <laughs> stick a cork in it. <laughs> Try not to get it on the truck seats. Cause it looks pop like... a cork in that bad boy. Make sure you don't get it on my seats. He's really worried. Like, no, man. For a man who's so concerned about the fuel in his truck, he's really not worried about the seats in his truck. <laughs> I don't know. Dude. I think that that's also weird. That is strange. Like three stops, and none none of these stops have. It's not a gas station. It's not a Walgreens. It's not a, a Dollar General. It's not a Walmart. None of these places have have tampons. Yeah, they're all diesel related stops. Just, I'm pretty sure you stop at like a a Pilot or a Flying J or a, even even like a a, a tiny little like Seven Eleven or. I don't know, I'm trying to think of like a really tiny gas station. And they at least have a tampon in there or a pad. True. To be fair, um thinking about letter Kenny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh to be fair, Lador is to be fair. Lador <laughs> is a super tiny town. So I don't know if they even had like a pilot or a flying J or a That's a good point. Anything like that. It might have just been like the the corner general store. <laughs> the corner general store. Get your diesel. 
get your diesel, get your bag of seed, get your wheat. <laughs> exactly. That that one just sounds like we're talking about the Oregon Trail. It does. Which is a that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Stay tuned for that podcast. You get eight gallons of diesel, ten pounds of seed, and fifty pounds of bacon. <laughs> Six oxen, two mu- two mules. Two mules. What more could you need? <laughs> All right. Uh, their first stop was at the stage stop, but the worker explained to them that they didn't sell diesel, so they went to a diesel pump station two doors down, but they also didn't have any fuel. So they tried again at Peterson Welding, and they were finally able to get more fuel for the truck. So at this point, they went back to the stage stop, where they finally got some tampons, some JoJo's, and some candy. Jessica texted her mom at 12.38 p.m., letting her know that they were leaving town to head back to the campground. JoJo's in hand. Now, those sound good, don't they? They do. <laughs> should get some JoJo's soon. We'll get some JoJo's. They returned to the campground around 1 or 1.10-ish. Jessica and Vernal decided that they wanted to go fishing with Isaac, He'd been fishing in a creek about 50 feet away from the campsite. According to Vernal and Jessica's interview in a July uh, in July of 2015 with East Idaho News, they started to head to the creek at around 1.30 and left Dior back at the campsite with Grandpa Bob. Jessica has said in an interview that she asked Dior if he wanted to go fishing with them or stay with Bob, and Bob held up a bag of candy and, like, shook it and said that he wanted to stay with him because he had candy. Uh, later on, they would all have different memories of how this went down, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. They fished at the creek for a while and then headed back to the campsite between 2 and 2.20. The timeline is kind of weird here again because Jessica says that they were only fishing for about 5 minutes, and Vernal says it was more like 15 to 20 minutes. I was about to say, first off, one of my one of my favorite lines from Black Hawk Down, bullshit, nothing takes five minutes. And two, who goes fishing for five minutes? I was going to say, that's another thing that's a red flag. I believe 15 to 20 minutes more. I mean, I guess if they were, like, down there only for five, maybe it wasn't like they, like, just fished for five minutes. Maybe they, like, knew. No, because... Then when they got back to the camp, they discovered he wasn't missing. That's a good point. I just Who five minutes for five minutes. Five minutes is literally just showing up to like you get to that creek, river, lake, wherever the fuck you're fishing. Bait your hook, cast that fucker in. Like that's that's one good cast. Reel it in. Hmm. Didn't catch nothing. Guess I'll go home. That's how I fish. <laughs> <laughs> Once they arrived at the camp. They discovered that Dior wasn't with Grandpa Bob, and they started searching for him. Bob says that he looked away for a second, and when he looked back, Dior was gone. He figured that he'd gone down to the creek with his parents. Dior had been wearing a camo jacket, blue pajama pants, and cowboy boots that were three sizes too big for him. I want to stop here again. Red flag three, four. Okay, what two-year-old are you just like... Oh, I guess he wandered off down to the creek with his parents. Like, no, you have a small child around water. You're out in nature. You shouldn't just be so casual about a toddler wandering near a moving source of water. Seriously, wearing boots that are, what, three sizes too big again? Yes. Also, I was going to bring this up, and I this might just be me being judgy. 
it really might. And I understand that you're camping. You're not going to have your kid dressed in, like, their, like, going to church outfit. You're camping. You're chilling. You're kicking it. But this outfit, it rings this weird alarm inside of me that I'm not quite sure, like, what that alarm is for. But it's, like, an uneasy alarm. It's, like, a, ooh, it's not, like, a red flag. It's, like, a, a yellow flag. Does that make sense? <laughs> Does it? I don't know. Okay, let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you: Is it is it is it a parental yellow flag or is it a Tim Gunn ye- yellow flag? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's both. I do love. <laughs> I do love a camo jacket, um, cowboy boot moment. <laughs> Sounds with fierce pants. with blue pajama pants. This kid is bordering Stevie Ray Vaughan style right now, and I, and I like it honestly. Losing my shit over here because yes, I could see eighties. <laughs> Stevie Ravon wearing a camo jacket, boots three sizes too big, and blue pants. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like I understand that you're camping, but especially near like a moving water source. Especially in nature too. Yeah, you're gonna I just would have my kid a little bit safer. I don't than have that. a kid, but yeah. And ever you know, people with no kids make the best parents, right? <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, I don't think that I would let them wear cowboy boots three sizes no. too big around, even if there's a creek 50 feet away. No, because I remember, like, my dad always had problems with, like, my sister and I wearing flip-flops as, as kids, as kids, just because they're not that great of, like, shoes. And, like, as a kid, I didn't, I was just like, they're flip-flops, they're sandals, they're fine. But, like, yeah, no, what's that, like, I, I, I got what he meant. I got hurt one day pretty good. Just stepped on a stick, was not good. But mm. did you uh step on a pop top? A pop top. Blew out your flip flop. <laughs> I'm sorry, I saw it and I had to do it. <laughs> oh God. Ooh, that's so, that's where we're at. This is why I love this woman. I'm sorry for my sin of bringing up Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Back to the story. They searched the campsite and the areas surrounding it for about 20 minutes. When no sign of Dior turned up, they decided it was time to call 911. Jessica called 911 from the campsite at 2.26 while Vernal hopped in his truck and took off down the road, hoping to get better cell service to make this call with. His call was made at 2.22. Isaac arrived back at the campground at this time, and Bob informed him that Dior had gone missing. In Little Man Lost, Vernal says that he saw Isaac while searching for Dior and asked him if he had seen his son. Isaac just replied, I don't know. So Vernal asked him when the last time he'd seen him had been, and Vernal just said, I don't know, again. A little weird. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, if y'all are ever so inclined, y'all should check out this 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 little... How many parts is it? Like four or five? I think it was five parts. Little Man Lost? Mm-hmm. Check it out, because it is shady. It is. It's definitely, it really goes in depth in a lot of the inconsistencies in the case. I'd super recommend watching that if you want to like go deeper into this. Because uh, as, as soon as Isaac just said, I don't know, again, yeah, I'm just thinking about that video and how just eerie and weird that it like these folks he's definitely an odd dude 
and people describe him as such, like, he just gives you a... I don't know what the vibe is. I really don't. It's just... He's weird. I don't know if he's harmless weird or, like, not harmless weird. So, police and members of a search party arrived at the campsite and began scouring the area for any trace of a missing toddler. By July 12th, the search party had grown to over 200 people. They searched on foot, from horseback, on ATVs, and from helicopters in the sky, but they found absolutely nothing. Now, here's something really weird in this case. Jessica said that she spotted a muddy shovel at the camp like it had been recently used. The shovel also allegedly had a strand of blonde hair on it, the same color as Dior's. The cops took Isaac away from the rest of them and questioned him in private about the shovel. And when he came back over, he ran his hands all over the shovel, which concerned Jessica since it might be evidence and the blonde hair blew away in the wind. Do you believe that there was just like a magical blonde strand of hair on this shovel that blew away in the wind? I am more... I don't know. I feel like I'm more inclined to believe just because of how shady this stuff is. And I'm sure we're going to get into another part with Jessica that is that is super shady as well. But j- just based off the information that I already know without ruining it for other people, I'm more inclined to believe that a magical shovel with a magical piece of blonde magical hair on it was magically planted there. I could see that. But Hmm, that's a tough one. That's a harder question than who killed John Bonet. It almost seems like by saying that that she's like trying to put suspicion onto Isaac. Right? Or that she herself was maybe questioning him in that moment. I don't know. It's definitely weird. Um, I think it's kind of weirdly convenient that the hair just blew away off into the wind and was never seen ever again. Um, Especially when we get into this next thing, where cadaver dogs hit on a shallow reservoir near the camp, but the police found out from a park ranger that someone had actually come into the area and spread their loved one's cremated remains, totally unaware that a search party had been going on. And that was the only time that dogs, like, hit in the campground in, like, any sense. So it's almost, like, based off the, like, scent dogs, not just the cadaver ones, like, the tracking dogs that they brought in, it's almost like he was never at the campground at all. Which, um, the more we've been, like, talking about this and kind of going through it and... I've been a little more inclined to believe that, too, honestly. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that later when we get into, like, our official little theories wrap-up. Oh, we're gonna get into a rabbit hole. The family hired a private investigator named Frank Vilt to help so- try and solve the case and to take some of the workload off of the tiny town's police force. Frank, Frank, not Crank. Frank Vilt is a retired U.S. Marshal and resigned from the investigation in September of 2015 
after revealing that he didn't think that the parents were being honest with him. Here's part of the email that he sent Jessica and Vernal when he resigned from the case. Dear Dior and Jessica, As I previously informed you today, via my text to your cellular telephone at 8.31 a.m., I am withdrawing from the investigation because of circumstances beyond my control, including, but not limited to, a breach of trust on your part concerning your refusal to allow me to make this case national. I am perplexed as to why you did not want me to advertise the $20,000 reward. I was willing to put up personal funds in hopes that the public could provide information leading to the whereabouts of your son. When I agreed to assist you, I informed you that I would work for my out-of-pocket expenses. I was willing to forego my normal hourly fee. My stipulation was that both of you would be absolutely truthful. I told both of you that I felt like you were not telling me the truth, stalling me, or otherwise misleading me, that I would withdraw from the investigation. In my professional opinion, both of you lied and misrepresented the facts that could solve the mystery of your son. That is some heavy... That's that's a heavy... That's one... Oof. There's a lot in there. That's one of the heaviest, like, lawyer letters I've ever read. And I mean, like... It's not even like he's saying like you're gonna lose this case or whatever. Like this is a dude like resigning from the case, and he's saying like y'all ain't telling the truth. Yeah. One of you needs to come clean because all of you are shifty. I think it's bizarre that they didn't want him to put up money that was his own money that he was willing to donate. I mean, twenty thousand dollars—that's quite a that's, considerable amount of money for someone to just yeah generously offer up and i i can't think of any reason why you wouldn't you know we just this we got we got we got a suitcase full of sus and we just keep packing more sus in it like seriously that's 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 a lot of money we are jumping on this suitcase trying to cram all this sus in there to get it zipped up (laughs) Along with twenty thousand dollars that they didn't accept, and a lawyer note or letter that is honestly the first time I read that, that sent chills down my spine. And I've I've read some some lawyer notes and some confession notes, but that was one that I was like, yay, this dude, this dude knows they're not being honest. The family knows that they're not being honest, but it's it's just it's it's it feels creepy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel good. No. It don't sit well. Yeah, it has a lot of ick. That is, uh. Frank Vilt believes that Jessica was motivated to no longer have Dior around after giving up custody of her other kids to her ex-husband and personally believes that Jessica could have arranged to give Dior up for adoption. Like she just gave him away to some random person. I think that's a little far-fetched. I don't know if I believe that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to feel about that. That's... That, that's... That's so strange. It's like... All right, I'm gonna have one kid. I don't feel ha- I I don't feel comfortable taking care of this one here. Have it. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna put it up for adoption. Oh, I'm gonna try again. But this time I'm gonna lose this one. Okay, but for some context, it wasn't just adoption. Yeah. It was her two kids went to live with her ex-husband because she wasn't working at the time and she says this is like her explanation of the arrangement um was that he could basically provide a better life for the kids than she could at that point because she wasn't working that was her you know judgment aside on uh on you know parents that don't have a job blah 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 that is some more susness we're putting into the sus suitcase. Suitcase of sus. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of reasons someone might not have a job, though, but... Very, yeah, no, no, there's plenty of reasons. Right. I can understand, like, like if what she's saying is, like, true and that's the reason why the custody arrangement is there, I'm like, okay, well, like, good for her because, like, you know, you should want your kids Absolutely. to be well taken care of and stuff. Absolutely. But... It could also just be, like, a cover-up excuse for, like, yeah, I don't really know if I want to be a mom. But also, so there's strange. not really any evidence that points yeah, to that. There's nothing, but, yeah. it, you know, we're adding it to the stack of sus in our suitcase. Stack of sus. <sighs> suitcase of sus. Um, after Vilt resigned, they hired another private investigator, a man named Peter Klein, on November 23rd, 2015. He conducted tons of interviews with everyone involved on video, and there's over 10 hours of them recorded. Just six weeks after signing onto the case, his relationship with the family began to deteriorate. They'd all been separated for their interviews, and each of them had told different accounts of what had happened that day. Sometimes their own account of that day would completely change from interview to interview. P.I. Klein says that the only person's story who hasn't changed at all has been Isaacs. He's interviewed him four times, and his story never changed. That makes me think, my own personal opinion, that Isaac is probably the one being truthful out of these. And honestly, yeah, I, I'm. I, I believe what Isaac's saying because whatever, yeah. It, it, I've I've heard the confession tapes or whatever you want, not the confession tapes, but the um, interrogation tapes, mm-hmm. and yeah, everything that the the family is saying all contradicts constantly, mm-hmm. changes all the time, especially the old man. Oh my god, that dude! He's he's almost doing like the thing where. You know, what do I know? I'm an old man. I don't know. I don't remember. He's basically playing that card. You know, it's interesting that you picked up on the kind of playing into the I'm a feeble old man thing. Because that kind of ties into my own personal theory of what I think happened that we'll get into at the end. I think that... No, I'll just save it for later. I won't get into it. (laughs) Good idea. Um, On the other hand, Klein told East Idaho News that Vernal had been interviewed nine times between private investigators, the FBI, and local law enforcement, and he never told the same story twice. Grandpa Bob admits in the Klein videos that, well, we all probably got a different story, and when asked if the parents asked him to watch Dior that day, he just said, that's what I've heard. Bob. Bobby. 
What about Bob? Boberson. Bobbert. What are you doing? That's what I've heard. Yeah, that's not an answer. Sorry. We all got... We all... Probably got a different... What are you doing? These are complete non-answers. Sir, you need to take your omega-3. <laughs> you need to get the fish oils in your system. Oh, my God. Bob. I think that it's really, really weird that the parents say... Oh, yeah, we left him with the grandpa. The, or Jessica specifically says, Oh, yeah, Grandpa Bob held up that bag of candy and he shook it for Dior and said he wanted to stay here with me. That In that version, Grandpa's not just watching the kid but encouraging the kid to stay there with him. And then Grandpa turns around when he's interviewed and says, Well, that's what I heard, that they asked me to watch him. Basically like, just a bigger... I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's very, uh, doesn't really, he seems not, I don't want to like say extra no. boomery. No, I was going to say he seems not like he doesn't care, but he seems <clears throat> nonchalant about the entire thing. Kind of apathetic. Yes, yeah. to a concerning degree. A discomforting degree. Yeah. When they asked him if he was affectionate with his grandson, Bob said, no, I don't pick kids up and stuff like that. Give them kisses like the women. No, no sir. sir. I just... And again, this is all in that four or five part series. You can hear this man say this, and it is it is uncomforted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bob, take your Omega-3. <laughs> Yeah, it's in a little man loss. In January of 2016, Peter Klein told the family about his suspicions and that he was concerned that they couldn't keep their stories straight and that they had failed multiple polygraph tests. They were specifically unable to pass the sections that asked, do you know where Dior is and do you know what happened to him? If that doesn't make your skin crawl, it's your son, man. Yeah, and I mean, like, polygraphs, like, aren't admissible in court and stuff, but I know that they were administered a couple of them, so you'd think if it was, like, a nerves-based thing by, like, the third or fourth one, you'd think that maybe you would start to get a more accurate baseline, but I don't know, I don't really, I'm not a polygraph expert i just know that they're not admissible in court so i don't put like a ton of weight into those personally but i do note it as that's fucking weird in this case no absolutely like i don't really know the exact <clears throat> sciences or anything behind polygraph tests or anything like that but i do <sighs> i i like i'd like to think there's some validity to it i mean i definitely know there, that there are some people that can like no matter what beat them which is concerning, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, that the fact that nobody is passing a polygraph test in this. I think it's really interesting that they can't pass. Do you know where he is? And do you know what happened to him specifically? I think that those are like, I don't know that is, it's very creepy. It kind of gave me chills. 
In an interview with East Idaho News, Peter Klein said, We can't even match simple things like filling up with gas at a diesel store in the door on the day of the event. He clearly says that the gentleman who was pumping gas actually saw the child. We interviewed the guy who had supposedly seen the child, and he comes back and says, I don't remember seeing a child. Simple things like a dog in the back of the pickup. There was no dog. And I really wanted to find, like I mentioned earlier, Jessica's statement to the police. It's 14 pages long, and it's insanely detailed. 14. Yeah. But there's weird stuff where, like, they never mentioned your by name in it. They call him Little Man. Which is weird. The entire in my, time. In my opinion, I think. I think it's really weird, too. In a... In a in in like an official police like you're writing a statement to the police i think i if you went missing i wouldn't be like there wasn't even like my pookie my pookie went missing <laughs> i would be like and then steven walked into the basement and the ghost grabbed him and i never saw him again no refer to me as pookie and then pookie walked into the basement and the ghost grabbed him and i never saw him again <laughs> but no that is weird like she didn't even re- like say my son it was I think that they did man. they did also refer to him as like my son, but only as little I know man. that Vernal especially referred to him as my son, my son, my son, my son, and never as like Dior. Always little man or my son. And I don't know if that's like just a weird family quirk of theirs or um, if they just like w- never called him Dior and they always just referred to him as that, or if that's their way of trying to like distance themselves from maybe his him, you know what I mean? If so, if they were I the cause of that. his disappearance or yeah, something like a mental separation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the jo- the dog. Uh, what was where I was originally right, going right. with that? I'm sorry. sorry, I got distracted. Um, is it's insanely detailed, but then there's things that pop up, like all of a sudden, I don't know, I'm just guessing here, page seven, say, all of a sudden the dog's going down to the river to help him look for Dior, and there was a part where she said she, she shoved a piece of Dior's clothing, or maybe it was his blanket, into the dog's face and had the dog run off, like, freaking Balto, I guess, to go look for him, and I'm just... That's weird to me, too, because a normal dog isn't going to sniff a shirt and then go try to track down a... Oh, trust me. I know it doesn't work. I had a basset hound. I tried that multiple times. It did not work. And that's the... If you're going (laughs) to... If that's going to work, it's going to be on a basset hound. If I tried to do that to Sadie, she'd be like... This shirt tastes weird. Are you going to throw it? Where's my ball? It's There's just so many weird inconsistencies in their story that it makes them... It makes them... Sketchy as hell. I just... That's little kid logic. I mean, because I was a kid when I did that. I just like... Here, Katie, smell my sock. Go find me. Or like, whatever. I don't know. And then, yeah, just <laughs> nothing happened. Like these people think that that's not a trainable thing like that that's just that just it just comes stock in all docs i guess like i could kind of understand like maybe she's in total shock and panic and she's trying to do anything that she might think of 
I still think it's a goofy ass thing for your brain to come up with and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me it was just another thing that stuck out as yeah maybe it is odd just like and bizarre panicky i'm gonna do whatever i can to try to fix this police had looked into witnesses that the family said had seen dior with them during their emergency emergency trip back into town and none of them were able to confirm seeing dior with them that day the police officially listed Jessica and Vernal as people of interest in 2016. In 2016, Jessica and Vernal were evicted from their apartment after not being able to pay rent. They abandoned some property behind, and the landlord gave investigators the go-ahead to search through it. They discovered four matchbox cars that matched the description given of toy cars that had allegedly disappeared along with Dior that day. And a camo jacket that was very similar to the one that he was supposedly wearing. At the house. Yes, this was back at their apartment this after car they. This might have come out after the thing that we watched. That's a good point. Yeah, I was gonna say because I don't. This is new information to me. That's. Sorry, I just realized my microphone was off that whole time. Yeah, that's new information to me. I apologize. That's new information to me. I didn't know about that. Maybe that was in the uh, in the documentary, and I didn't notice it because yeah, I don't. That's that's insane. That was at their apartment. Whoa! Yeah, blowing my mind right now with that. Honest, I'm not even kidding. I. It sounds weird because I had the same a very similar reaction to you when I first heard that. And then I thought about it a little bit more. And then I kind of faked myself out on it. Because I don't know how much detail you would they gave about these matchbox cars. I want I keep wanting to say Hot Wheels. P- people call them Hot Wheels. Let's just call them Hot Wheels. About these Hot Wheel cars, little toy cars. I don't know how much description that they would have like given the cops. Did they tell them that they were like... A blue toy car, or did they say they were like a blue toy Mustang GT with a white stripe on it? You know what I mean? And then they found that same exact one. Because don't kids usually have like five hundred? I was also cars? gonna say yeah. Because now, now that I'm like really thinking about it, I was <sighs> yeah. Because I mean, like when I was a kid, yeah, I had like probably close to a thousand of those fuckers. Yeah, and I don't think that my parents, like, because uh, my parents, you know, took me on camping trips when I was a kid. It's a really yeah. popular, normal pastime to do in the Pacific Northwest. I don't think that they would know the exact toys that I brought with me, though. They'd be like, Trista brought her dinosaurs. Nah, yeah. They but just, they, yeah. they wouldn't be like, she brought her Stegosaurus, and then she brought her Iguanodon, you know. <laughs> her Iguanodon. Her purple Iguanodon. You know, they would have been like, she brought her tub of dinosaurs. So I wonder if it was a situation like that, or I don't know, maybe he did have four of them, and they were super distinct, and then these are what the cops found. I wish I could look at the description of the cop of the cars that they gave the cops. And then for the jacket, that for me, I was like, oh, the parents did it. But then I was thinking, it's Idaho. You can have multiple camo jackets. They're camo. They all kind of look the same. It's camouflage. Isn't that kind of a law in Idaho? You're yeah. supposed to have multiple camo jackets? 
when you're when you actually drive into Idaho, you see the Welcome to Idaho sign, and there's a pit stop there, and they force a article of camo clo- clothing onto your body. Damn, just like Ohio. Yep. Except it's a ear of corn and a flannel. I thought you were gonna say an ear of corn in your butt. <laughs> no, they hand you an ear of corn, and they're like, "Welcome to Ohio. You're gonna grow corn now. Here's a flannel." The flannel's complimentary, but the corn you gotta pay for. It's like fifty bucks. And you can choose between either a corn or slipknot t-shirt. <laughs> but those are the only two choices. No, in Ohio it's mushroom head. Jessica claims that she was offered an immunity deal if she was able to show the police Dior's body and maintains that she has absolutely no involvement in her son's disappearance. In June of 2019, cadaver dogs discovered a small piece of bone at the campground. The bone was sent in for testing at the FBI's lab in Quantico, and it was found to be unrelated to Dior's case. I think now it's a good time to discuss some of the theories and some of our thoughts about them. So let's get right into them. Theory number one, a wild animal attack. So, cougars, wolves, and bears all live in Idaho and have had negative interactions with humans before. I personally think that this theory is a little unlikely. Part of the the reason why, um, because he was wearing those cowboy boots that were three sizes too big for his feet. And I think that if an animal grabbed him... Those would have slid right off his feet, or they would have found one of them somewhere in a den in the woods somewhere. You know, I just, if you're wearing giant shoes, you'd expect to just come right out of them if a bear would snatch you up. Also, no one heard, no one at the campground reported hearing any weird noises or screams. Investigators searched wolf dens in the area, hoping to find a scrap of clothing or a bone that would solve the mystery, but no trace of Dior has been found. Other people have theorized that an eagle could have picked him up, but no evidence of this has been found. So what do you think about wild animals maybe being the culprit? See, I'm just thinking about that story that you talked about the woman with the dingo and her child uh yeah because we know that this does happen um i almost said emma chamberlain chamberlain that's a youtuber that is not (laughs) elizabeth chamberlain maybe i'm i'm we're referencing the dingo ate my baby the dingo ate my baby i can't do it but that lady is what we're referencing so we know that that does happen basically if you don't know we'll give you the cliff notes um family was camping in the australian outback a dingo took her baby uh the media crucified her and was like uh this woman absolutely murdered her baby and ain't nobody believed her till they found the dingo cut it open and boom no they actually found a piece of oh in the den that's right i'm a dumbass they actually found a piece of clothing in the dingo den i'm a dumbass it's okay same general idea (laughs) you were thinking of the the snake that ate the man i am thinking of the snake that ate the man god damn no i know i knew what you were i'm picking (laughs) up what you're uh, putting down but i was going the same direction as the den with this where 
hold on a second. Let me look at this real quick before I. Yeah, yeah, they didn't find anything in there. So that. I just wanted to make sure they didn't find anything in there before I just talked out of turn about it. But yeah, they didn't find anything in there. And that's yeah. a little weird to me because, I mean, what coyotes are going to eat? the boots the jacket the all of the bone but uh, yeah that's, that's super that's... unlikely to me and i really thought that the eagle theory was super unlikely but you know what actually made me go huh i wonder if that could have happened we went to the organ zoo recently <laughs> and we were in the condor exhibit and there was this little tiny kid probably <laughs> Probably around the same size that Dior was when he went missing. Like two or three. Like two or three, little kid, right up against the glass, right next to this condor, who is also, you know, right up against the glass. And this condor comes up behind him and pecks him on the head. And the dad, like, points it out to him. And he's like, hey, that bird's trying to eat you. And the bird goes in for another peck. And me and Steven are just like, this bird is trying to eat this child. I don't really know what to do right now. And then after the dad pointed it out, the kid, like, went to kick at the bird. <laughs> he was and trying was, to square up with his bird. He was. He was full on trying to fight that bird. <laughs> but just seeing that big-ass bird next to a little itty-bitty kid. I'm pretty sure like, a California condor could have no problem picked up that kid and flown off of it. But I don't think that they're in Idaho. And I no. don't think that a... Like a chihuahua... I can see an eagle eating. Absolutely. My pet ducks that I had when I was a kid. I can absolutely see an eagle eating. But a human? I don't know. I'm very skeptical on that one. So I don't personally think that a wild animal was responsible for Dior's disappearance. Yeah, no, I don't don't think so either. Theory number two. He wandered off and got lost, injured, and died. This theory is also unlikely to me, though it's definitely a very real possibility if you're camping with a toddler and not supervising them. The campground isn't that heavily treed, though. I was imagining it more like a what I'm used to, like a Washington State campground chock full of trees. But in the Little Man Lost documentary, they went to the campground and, you know, filmed there. We got to see it um it's really sparse and open and kind of more like prairie land with a few trees here and there i just think that it, it, i think that you'd spot them walking away i do too i was gonna i was gonna say i think it's more likely if it was in washington for him to have wandered off and it'd be harder to like but yeah he'd have probably like died at some point and then it would have been incredibly hard to find slash recover the body from that point because like i've got friends over in tennessee and they'll be talking about the forest and whatnot and then i came over here and like this is actual forest in Mm -hmm. washington and i'm like holy crap like even there i feel like yeah it, it wouldn't be too terribly hard to find it i have another issue with this um i'm not around small children often but no, I don't not. think that a two-year-old could get more than, like, what, a mile or two on their own before 
maybe a little bit longer than that, but I would think that the search party would have found some trace of him. I was going to say the same thing. By yeah. now. If so, because I just don't think that he could get out of that immediate area unless, you know, he got into some weird cranny. Uh, you know, I don't know, found some weird hiding spot out in the woods and got tucked up somewhere and they just haven't found him yet. Or uh, what if he fell into the creek, maybe? We know for a fact there was a creek there. And you can listen to Jessica's 911 call. I might rip that off of YouTube and post that on the Instagram for you guys to listen to. And one of the first questions that the 911 operator does ask her is, are you guys around water? So, I guess that that's a plausible... I give that, that you know, it could have happened. I do still think it's weird that the family stories are so inconsistent. No, if, that'll always be, like, the first main concerning thing for me. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that nobody, nobody outside of maybe one person who isn't blood is telling the truth. Yeah, all right, so theory number three is a stranger abduction. There's only one road into the campground, and it's seven miles long. No one at the campground reported seeing any strange vehicles that day or anyone else around. No one saw any cars entering or exiting the campground during the time of Dior's disappearance. I think it would be really hard to sneak into that camp- campground on foot and take him to... Since he was allegedly just feet away from his grandpa, I would expect someone to hear something or see something or at least find a footprint or some sort of trace of someone being there. You know what I mean? And that's what we were kind of bringing up earlier about how the campground was like, what, an hour and 20 minutes away from their their place of actual living? I think it was two hours and 20 minutes. That's right. Yeah. Two hours and 20 minutes. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was two hours and 20 minutes. And yeah, she didn't, backing up a little bit, didn't bring tampons with her. And now it's seven miles to the nearest town, right? Yeah, seven miles. That's just the road into the campground. Yeah, to the campground, excuse me. Yeah, so to the campground. And then who knows how many miles after that to the nearest town? That could be another five to 10, say. Yeah, I just possibly the stranger more. abduction is just not because how would the how would a stranger even know that there was a kid at the campground? They would have they would have had to have known it, somebody that all three of the family because again going back to the three family members are the only people that have a changing story every time and only the one dude. I, f- I feel like you're right now. Now that now that we're getting deeper into this, I kind of feel like they were using the one dude as a scapegoat, but like they almost as if they were hoping they were they were bagging on bagging. They were banking on this dude just stumbling over words over himself and not being able to. But they they completely underestimated him, and now they're all like caught in their own web. Yeah, because by Grandpa Bob's own admission, he said that the kid was right next to him. He looked away, and he was gone. So, in a stranger abduction, no one saw any cars coming. No one saw anyone on foot. We're supposed to believe that, like, a John Tornow-style 
woodsmen living in the woods. I guess this is a good time to also bring up. Some people do believe that Bigfoot had something to do with Dior's disappearance. It's in a uh, referenced in one of the missing 411 documentaries, which I personally haven't seen yet. Um, and I've heard that those kind of strongly suggest that Bigfoot may have something to do with all the disappearances that happen in national parks around America. This part you didn't tell me about it. Now all I have running through my head is that scene from the Tenacious D movie. Well, I hope it's that fun. I hope it is too. Kinda. Oh my god. Juicy. Juicy. <laughs> <laughs> and our last theory is theory number four. Family or friend involvement, either an accident or homicide. This is the theory that I tend to believe the most. I don't like that no one is able to get their story straight. And I really don't like that none of the people at the store could ever recall seeing Dior with them that day. That really sticks out to me is that no one in the town was able to be like, yes, we definitely saw Dior with them that day when they came into town to go to the stage shop to get tampons and JoJo's and stuff. But I can also kind of sort of see where people, even in a small town, can kind of be like, I don't, I don't know. Just because, I don't know. Because I feel... Well, no, I guess that kind of crumbles with that argument. I was going to say, with a small town, everybody kind of knows everybody, so I feel like you're kind of more comfortable with just kind of like, oh, whatever, you know, your mind kind of fills in for people that don't interact, mainly like the, mainly kids and whatnot, so you just kind of like, oh, they were like probably running around their feet or whatever, and I just didn't notice Yeah, true. And I guess it would depend, um, you know, if they're asking uh, weeks later, hey, did you see a kid with them? Or if they're asking months later, I know that like I personally, if I was in a gas station somewhere and somebody came up to me and started asking me about, did you see this kid? What did he look like? Was he what was he wearing? Did you see these people? I'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about, because I just don't really tend to to pay attention to that uh, to other people that much i'm kind of in my head a lot so yeah i just i don't know if it was like a a lot of time had passed and they just didn't remember seeing him like i don't know if it was like a i couldn't recall thing or if it was like a blatant no i absolutely did not see which not even gonna lie that's something i do kind of i i worry about for my own sake if like a cop or something like comes up to me and there's a have you seen this person blow and they're missing and i'm just kind of like oh crap like what if i'm not being vigilant enough like what if i'm not <laughs> paying attention to my surroundings enough like what if that actually like what, what if i'm like i need to be paying more attention the true crime podcaster brains already setting in oh no <laughs> everything is going according to plan so my own personal theory I think that something happened at home before the camping trip ever happened. I think it was either an accident or from neglect and that they developed the camping trip as a cover-up and to throw investigators way off the scent of where Dior actually was. So I don't know if like, but here's my one issue. Here's Here's where I poke a hole in my own theory. That quote with the mom who says that he was bouncing around 
the camper and stuff like that. At this point, we've got, if this is what happened, and say mom and dad are responsible for either an you know, accident or they did some they were neglecting him and he it resulted in his death or you know, serious injury or whatever. This is a lot of people to have in on the story. No, absolutely. Too many. You know, that's too many people to keep quiet. It's too many cooks. Um, and then her mom bringing up her, her so her mom's kind of removed you know, she's involved in the situation, but she's a little removed because she wasn't on that camping trip yeah. with everyone else. She says that, remember, she brought up Dior dumping, dumping, jumping on the couch cushions in the camper and helping yeah. him get everything ready. So I just don't know what her motivation would to be to lie or add that almost, you know, it's a I'm protecting my family type thing. Which I could definitely see that angle too. That happens way too often. Where it's like the best case of example is like when my mom found out that I smoked pot for the first time and she was like, No, no, not him, no, not my son, no, no. Meanwhile I'm in my room just kinda like, Yeah, your son. I feel like it might be one of those things where it's just like, you know, apparent like I don't I don't believe that like my my child's my, capable yeah, of my that, child like is, a denial yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it might be one of those cases. Yeah. You know, a human brain does weird stuff. And, and it could know. also be because she wasn't there. She might have been left out. If it if it is a setup, if it was planned, she may have been left out from the whole thing. Yeah. Um. Other people who believe that Dior was never even at the campground that day cite the lack of photos taken of him. Also suspicious. Jessica usually posted about him on Facebook a lot and posted lots of pictures of him, but no pictures of Dior were taken during this trip. I think that that is weird. For a family that would normally take pictures of their kid and post them, I think it's weird to, you know, not one shot of, like, him in the car, like, riding there, like... And he was pretty young. And, I mean, like, I've got... I know you have friends and your friends list, Instagram, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. I do, too. That they're, like... I mean, I have some that are constantly posting. Then I have some that are, like, occasionally posting. But, like, yeah, every time they, like, go out on a trip or whatever, they're... Yeah, they're posting at least one or two pics yeah you have a fun day you go to the aquarium and the you kid go to is the involved zoo. usually yeah you go camping you want to take pictures of your kids you want to have those memories and it's really weird to me that she would normally do that but then this camping trip seems like the weird exception yeah and right now we got we have nothing and other people think that something happened to him actually on the camping trip um i still think that there's a lot of people involved in this theory but i also kind of believe this might have happened too this is such a weird case that i i'm not i'm not like set on what happened i definitely think that it's suspicious and i do think that the family is involved in some degree i'm not sure if it was a like murder or if it was like negligence or an accident and then they panicked or something like that i almost wonder if something happened to him let's go back to the something happened to him before the camping trip okay let's say mom and dad panic they go here here's a perfect plan we'll go on a camping trip 
we'll bring Grandpa, who's really old, kind of starting to lose it. He's not all there. He says some weird shit. Oh, sorry. Another thing I was going to bring up. Or was Grandpa just a little too high on that oxy? Did he just have his tank on a little too strong? And that's why he don't remember nothing? A, a very real possibility. And let's have him bring along his weirdo friend. And maybe we can make it look like they, you know, neglected him, didn't watch him, or possibly maybe the weirdo friend did something to him really as a cover-up for whatever might have happened to him at home. Which I can honestly get behind that one, too. Mm -hmm. I can see a lot of a lot of weight for that i think it's interesting that jessica brought up the uh the shovel with the hair and how isaac was taken away from the group and how he came back and he was rubbing his hands all over the shovel it seems like they turned on him or maybe not turned on him but pointed the finger at him pretty quickly which i guess i can kind of understand from a we're all family here. He's the one outsider, you know, for like lack of a better way to phrase that. Yeah. 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 We're, and I don't know. I almost wonder if that was something that happened. And, or I could see that. Yeah. Cause I kind of alluded to that earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, and then on the other hand, something that makes me think that maybe he was at the campsite after all, even though there's not really any evidence of that, is that everyone's story seems to kind of fall apart that morning. There yeah. was a, there was a really good website. Um, I didn't personally use it as a source for this because they definitely believe that the parents are involved with this, and I try to go for more neutral sources in my stuff. It's called justiceforbabydior.com. They have a timeline of the events with everyone's statement next to each other that really really highlights and it's all color-coded it can be confusing but it really really breaks down all the different discrepancies in what they told police and what they say were going on at the time there's things like jessica says that she cooks breakfast and then isaac says that he cooks breakfast it's everything seems to fall apart in their stories on that morning of the day that Dior disappeared. And then that weird. That weird trip into town. To get tampons. Just doesn't sit right with me with either. Three separate stops. Mm-hmm. There's just so much weird. Stuff in this case. And I really am undecided. It's a weird one for sure. Yeah. I've been thinking about it all week. And I just. Yeah, I don't. I, I I can't come to like a a a solid conclusion. To like to to at least what I think may have happened. I can't. I can't. I can't come to it. I don't know. To this day, it's still unknown what happened to little Dior. Six months after his disappearance, Jessica and Vernal split up. Jessica began dating someone else, and Vernal went back to work as a truck driver. Grandpa Bob died in June of 2019. In Little Man Lost, Jessica said that no one on the camping trip really talked to each other after the trip. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children released an age-progressed photo of Dior of how he would look at four years old. 
I'll post that on the Instagram along with other photos of him and the people involved in the case. Thank you for listening to another episode of Olympia Oddities. If you want to support us, leave us a positive review, tell a friend, or follow the Instagram or Facebook for the pod at Olympia Oddities Podcast on both. If you want to send in your own personal spooky story or a topic for us to cover, you can DM us on there or email us at olympiaoddities at gmail.com. My sources for this episode were a couple of East Idaho news articles, the YouTube documentary Little Man Lost. We talked about that one a lot. It was great. A lot. Idaho News, investigators find missing camo jacket, toys at Coon's apartment, and strange outdoors right up on the case, the controversial disappearance of Dior Coons Jr. I'm Trista, and you can find my personal Instagram at Saloon Ghost. I'm Steven. I'm a new co-host here. Um, I don't know. You can find me however. I don't really give out my instagram but you know if you want to follow me i guess i'll do it now follow me at the steven ramirez r-a-m-i-r-e-z um also follow rachel's records that would be dope i'm also on another podcast called double jointed follow that it's a lot of really stony fun um until then stay spooky and until next time friends